I'm Julie Holland. And I'm Nick Spacek. We're the hosts of The Carnage Report, a horror news podcast, part of the Cinepunks Podcast Network. Every other Thursday, we bring you the latest news you can use on horror movies, casting, production, re-releases, trailers, and more. We also do a deep dive into a movie new to streaming or theaters, giving you our thoughts and opinions on whether you should check it out. Toss in recommendations for similar movies and a whole lot of commentary, and it's all the horror news you can use. The Carnage Report is on Twitter and Instagram at Report Carnage. Find us at cinepunks.com, that's C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X, or wherever you get your podcasts. Howdy folks, my name is Owen Brand. And I'm Katie Cadaver. And we are co-hosts of the VHS Vault Podcast, where old is new and cringe is king. Uh, we are a podcast dedicated to bringing you old and obscure movies from deep in the vault. That's right. You can listen to us on Spotify, Amazon Music, and on Planet Rage Radio Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on the Live 365 app. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And email us at VHSVaultPodcast at gmail.com. The Shameless Picture Show is part of the Cinepunks Network. If you like the Shameless Picture Show and you want to hear other great shows like it, make sure you check out the Cinepunks Network. You can find them at www.cinepunks.com. That's C-I-N-E. P-U-N-X. There's other great shows such as Cinepunks. There's The Carnage Report, Cinema Smorgasbord, Fat Girl Hacks, Loud Fast Philly, Tomb of Ideas, and Twitch of the Death Nerve, and so much more. If you like punk rock and you like movies, make sure to go to www.cinepunks.com. And let's not forget the sponsors for the Cinepunks Network. We have the Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. They are the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley with service to the whole country, professional and personable in a way that only a DIY business can be. They also have ridiculously low prices for whatever your screen printing needs may be. You can visit them online at xlvacx.com. That's xlvacx.com. Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. We also have the Essex Coffee Roasters. They're, all their coffee is roasted to order. They have high-quality beans, bunch of apparel, and tea available. They are bringing high-quality coffee to the masses without the pretentiousness. Use the code CINEPUNKS for 10% off your first order. You can visit them at www.essexcoffeeroasters.com. That's E-S-S-E-X, coffeeroasters.com. Once again, use the code CINEPUNKS for 10% off your first order. Big shout out to the band Crossed Keys uh, for lending us that awesome fucking music during our little ad. That song is called Who We Never Were. You can buy that single currently off of Bandcamp. The band is called Crossed Keys. It will be on their full-length album, Believes in You. Uh, That song was lent to me by Crossed Keys, specifically, uh, I don't know if he goes by Joey Angel or goes by Joshua Alvarez, but I met him as Joshua Alvarez. He's the co-host of Cinepunks on our fucking network. And I told him, I love this song. I want to use it. So that way people don't have to listen to me talk. And he said, fuck yeah. So please, if you like the song, uh, the song is called Who We Never Were. You can get that on Bandcamp currently. Uh, off of their album, Believes in You. You can get the 10 song. The 10 song LP is out. Uh, you can actually order it on vinyl right now. So go show them some love. 
This episode is also brought to you by Severin Films. Severin Films specializes in Blu-rays and Blu-ray collections of some of the best forgotten cinema. Horror, foreign, exploitation, and shot-on-video movies with great collectible packaging and each disc jammed with extra features, commentaries, and behind-the-scenes features, including interviews with the cast and crews and so much more. Keep physical media alive by visiting www.severinfilms.com. That's www.severinfilms.com and let them know your friend Michael at the Shameless Picture Show sent you. Discusses movies. Be aware that it may discuss any of the following elements endings, surprise twists, unexpected cameos, and all manner of spoilers. If this doesn't appeal to you, why listen to a movie podcast? Without further ado, please enjoy our feature presentation The Shameless Picture Show. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Shameless Picture Show. I am your host, Michael Byers, and today I am joined by a very special guest. Matt Harding has worked for Severn Films for over 10 years. Severn, for those of you who are not aware, is entertainment with sharp edges as they've dedicated to releasing the world's most provocative cinema. Matt has described himself as a regional warrior for Severn and helps get uh, convention appearances, pop-up events, and screenings all set up. On top of that, he's also a seventh grade language arts teacher who works with lower socioeconomic students and students with traumatic backgrounds. On top of that, he's a single father, an avid reader, and a movie fanatic, much like myself. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm great. You uh, prefer Michael or Mike? Uh, I prefer Michael, but realistically, whichever Michael, one. You... That sounds good. I, I always tell people, as long as it's not Mikey. Right, yeah, that yeah. Was, that was my I, big. Like, I get Maddie sometimes, so you know I, I know how that goes. But yeah, I, I, I used to be Matthew. Aunt. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm I'm just Matt Harding. I mean, that's how it goes because there's a lot of Matts, so they always yeah. put the last name in there. Yeah, yeah. So. well, I work on a lot of film sets too, so a lot of times they just call me Byers. Like, oh, that's right. usually that's what cool. they go yeah. with. You call me Harding, <laughs> you know, whatever. That's what students call me. So, uh, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for the introduction. I appreciate it. No problem. I'm glad that you could be on the show. And I, I, it's kind of, it's interesting of my time doing this show, finding um, how common it is for, uh, you know, people to have, you know, a gig like Severin. Or I have a friend who was on this show who did a two and a half hour podcast with me about Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Uh, he, 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 he does uh, professional wrestling promotion. Nice. He runs yeah, a promotion, nice. but he's also a, an English teacher, funny enough um so yeah. it's 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 been interesting to see how common that is yeah um, so i mean that just shows you that teaching by itself will not pay all your bills if you want to live comfortably <laughs> so i mean there there's the problem right there when it comes to education oh, yeah. um, why are we not you know paid for you know what we deserve so a lot of times yeah educators will have a second job they'll have a second gig um they'll do stuff on the side uh, i teach language arts so i grew up loving reading and writing Mm-hmm. got into film as i got older um when the video stores were coming out i was born in 78 so you know i'm 45 so i got a, some good time in some video stores you know had a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of a lot of good time renting those five movies five dollars five days <laughs> sitting around and watching them all mm-hmm. um, so yeah uh, i can tell you how i got into severin 
Yeah. Would you like me to? I would. Um, yeah. So, like, as you described, Severn is a film distribution company uh, that gets the rights to a lot of forgotten cinema. Um, their owners back in the day um, were really, really good friends, Carl and Dave Gregory. And they um, pretty much were very upset about the whole video nasties movement. Mm -hmm. um, movies being banned, people going to jail for being in possession with those. So they, they wanted to get the rights to them and, and distribute them. So they worked through companies like Blue Underground, Anchor Bay back in the day. Yeah. And then they, they formed their own boutique label, Severn Films. So how I got involved with it is that I worked at Suncoast Video and managed the Suncoast Video. Oh, I used to love Suncoast. So, yeah. I didn't love their prices, but I loved Suncoast Video. Oh, no, Video. their prices were ridiculous, but they had a good ordering system for getting the old VHS. And I was working at a time when VHS was getting cut out. It was going the way of, of, of DVDs. Yeah. Um, so these companies that were still making VHS at the time, Blue Underground, Anchor Bay, um, mm -hmm. would come in and they would... Talk about how to how to get their movies out there to get you know to keep them out there, keep them interested in it, seeing the Blu-rays and things like that. Um, so that's where I was introduced to people who worked for Blue Underground, Anchor Bay, MPI, Dark Sky, things like that. So years later, David says, "Hey, I need somebody to help run conventions, kind of go places, pop up tables." Go to Horror Hound, go to Cinema Wasteland, uh, go to Texas Frightmare, all these horror conventions and spread the word, you know, and sell these movies. So mm -hmm. that's how I got started. We started with like 10, 15 titles, a couple boxes of movies we bring them. Uh, now Seven, I think, has over 500 titles, including all the ones that are in the box sets and stuff. So yeah. it's come a long way. It's it's I I can remember the first time I became aware of Severin. I now granted I don't know where this fell in the history of the company, but the first time that I ever became aware, um, outside of just seeing the name at conventions because I've been going to conventions since I was in college, um, was the hardware disc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard Stanley's hardware. Yeah, it's yeah. Fantastic. So that was the first time I became aware. Yeah. Um, and then because it's, it's one of those things, too, like when I first started going to conventions and uh, I love going to conventions, I've uh, I'm friendly with some of the guys over at Vinegar Syndrome and I've tried to be like, if you guys are at a convention near me and need free labor, I'll come out mm, just yeah, get you into sure. the show and I'll help you yeah. out. Um, and, you know, it's when you because um, you had talked about something, you had talked about video stores and the impact of video stores. And I am near the tail end of the video store. boom. Mm -hmm. Um, but I still, my formative years were still spent in a video store. Um, mm -hmm. And while I, I, I didn't, I had a mom and pop video store. Their horror, their horror selection was pretty, pretty standard. Uh, however, they had a really interesting cult section. Um, but a lot of titles just kind of went over my head. So when I first started going to conventions, I would see Synapse and Severin uh, set up. And I'd look at the titles and I'd be like, I have no idea what the fuck any of these movies are. <laughs> and uh, yeah. that was kind of exciting. Uh, yeah. And it still is. because uh, Absolutely. Um, Where'd you have, uh, you, I mean, we're both Midwest, right? Yeah. I mean, you, so. You told me um, your mom still lives in Wisconsin. Yeah, she did. She passed away. But yeah, oh, I'm she, sorry she to hear did. That. She was, she lived outside of uh, uh, Milwaukee and Greendale. But my sister still area. lives up there and stuff too. I think that's probably where we met. 
I want to say um, right at the arcade, or I met you through. Um, I actually have not met you yet. Uh, okay. We got connected because well, of we video, met, so, uh, because know. of video nerd. Well, or, yeah, okay. Whatever they're uh, called. Blast Radius. Yeah, now they're called Blast Radius. Yeah, yeah. That's um, great. Oof. Good, good for them. Yeah, for them. and because uh, like I, I came in just looking at their stock and looking for some weird VHS tapes, and funny enough, all children's films is what I was looking for when I went in there. Awesome. Um. Yeah. And we got to talking. I was like, oh, I'm surprised you guys don't have uh, much for vinegar syndrome. And they're like, we've not been able to crack that nut. And I was like, well, I know them. Uh, you know. And then that's kind of how it became. I was like, and I was like, I've not been able to crack Severin. And they're like, well, yeah, here we go. Because cool. uh, funny yeah. enough, uh, conventions are is are a phenomenal place to meet people. The yeah, whole- no, I mean that's uh, the business sense of it is networking. Yeah, you know, and then if you have the uh, the people sense of it and the, the humanity part of it is like the people to hang out with, right? Yeah, you know, and you're all there for the same uh, same obsessions and same love. Uh, you know, your same collections. You know, a lot of like minded people. A lot of people say they feel safe there, um, conventions, or they have a blast. You know, and you know, yeah, I, and the- it, it's it, it is. Uh, I, I mean, it's business. You got to go in there. You got to work. You got to sell. Yeah, something. you got to sell some hustle. stuff. You got to you got to talk about you know what the movie's about. You know where it comes from. A lot of people uh, don't know Severin like as mm-hmm. a, like a boutique label. Uh, they're more into Freddie, Jason, Michael Myers, Chucky. I mean, not downplaying that stuff. That stuff's cool, but uh, you know, different type of thing. Yeah. You want something with like kind of killer kids in it, you know? Like, hey, I got Kathy's Curse, or you know, I've got, I've got something you can check out that's that was banned. Like, if you had this movie, you, you could get in trouble for it, you know? Like, yeah. you, there's people who were arrested and went to jail for owning these movies, like, or, or checking them out from the video store. Like, there would be no Chucky, there'd be no uh, Child's Play, or there'd be no you know Freddy Krueger stuff if it wasn't for these movies. So exactly. Uh, sometimes we get a little pretentious when it comes to stuff like that because I sound like the like the aging punk rocker, you know, like, oh, it's sellout stuff or, you know, it's. Uh... <laughs> uh, I get it, man. I went, I went, I went to an art film school. So like, yeah, you no, know, yeah, you I, I, I'm over here sometimes talking about Stan Brackage and people are like, who the yeah. fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's, but conventions have, even for the growth of this show have been the only reason I ever got to start reviewing discs from companies is because I got ballsy and yep. walked up to someone's table. Yeah. And that's how conventions work with the networking stuff. And then, I mean, we have people who have brick and mortar stores now that carry Severin, you know, so it's like you have a little mini video store within a horror theme store. A lot of people go to hang out. There's places like the Horror House in Chicago, Blast Radius, Mm -hmm. which was Video Nerd um, in Milwaukee. And they're carrying Severin titles, you know, so you can go in there and. And I, and I love just as, you know, as a local to Wisconsin, seeing the Severn name popped up. Like, I've not been able to make it to, to any of those X-ray arcade events just because I've um, one of them. I was actually shooting a film and then some something else happened in one of the other ones. But I loved seeing their you know, that events are being held. But to me, that's a blast. I mean, that that's like uh, there's something very, uh, I don't know, very grassroots punk rock about going to a place, setting up a table selling your stuff, you know, watching yeah. a movie that people, you know, maybe never seen or really love and get a kick out of, or, you know, that's cool. I mean, like yeah. if I could do that all the time and, and travel the world, I would, I kind of do, but <laughs> I still have to have a second job, you know? Yeah. Um, but getting back to having 
this type of physical media in stores mm-hmm. that people people are losing the sense of actually going and looking at stuff and yeah. finding stuff and experiencing stuff with all your senses right mm-hmm. I mean, we get it from the computer there's virtual learn uh, there's vr there's all that stuff but going and physically grabbing something looking at it seeing the artwork holding the product in your hand and going man there's probably a lot of work that went into this and then yeah. learning about all the work that went into something like that yeah like, like i, I, I like I, to read we, we got that feeling when we go into libraries yeah when like we go into libraries or when we went into our, our favorite mom and pop video store or even blockbuster holds a lot of those memories um a lot of kids don't have that memory a lot of their memories are no. through an electronic device instead of experiencing it you know no and places like like blast radius are really important because while i do think we actually are in a new golden age for physical media in terms of the stuff that's being put out uh the business model has changed i can find any movie i want almost not any movie but i can find most things i'm looking for somewhere online and we have great places like orbit dvd diabolic uh you know all the labels selling stuff themselves what have you but I do miss that feeling. Like we had a really, we had a really cool record store in Milwaukee called Exclusive Company, um, and they recently just closed their stores. Employees bought a lot of the businesses themselves and kept them open under new names. But for example, uh, there's an Exclusive Company. I could go into an Exclusive Company during their heyday and find the new re- new releases for Criterion, right next to Severin, Vinegar Syndrome, Blue Underground, all intermingling with each other. And I can pick them up and look at them and so on and so forth. And it's definitely something that's missed. And I was even thinking about this today. I know for a lot of people, you know, I'm sure you're in, I'm sure you see a lot of the people, a lot of people talking about physical media. Um, Most people, when it comes down to it, care most, first and foremost, about the film and just making sure the film looks good. Uh, even audio is second. Most people don't even have a, have an audio setup right. outside of a soundbar. Um, but I still really care about all the special features. And I was thinking about that while I was watching through Dra- uh, Dracula versus Frankenstein because I watched yeah. everything on this fucking disc. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking about it. It's like, you look up if you were to go i know this is not like this is not the greatest source for information but it is you know a starting point you go to wikipedia right now look up dracula versus frankenstein there's a pretty in-depth description of it but there's not much information because of the people who are still around and because of all the work that david gregory did for his al adamson documentary the Mm -hmm. stories behind this film are forever preserved and this film's history exists because of that Absolutely. And I think that's an element that people are just not thinking about when it comes to like, you know, the debate of physical media versus streaming. And I, I have nothing against streaming. I use it. It's, it's right. got, it's, yeah. it's got, but I also have like 2000. Yeah, I mean, we have to, there's several employees. I mean, they have to research everything uh-huh. online and online's easy, you know, it's yeah. a lot easier than old fashioned letter writing or emails waiting for somebody to answer emails, you know? So there's a lot of, uh, who knows who we have to contact. We have to go. We find an awesome artwork for the stuff. We find new local artists or upcoming artists to design the packaging, things like that. So the internet's fantastic for that. Mm-hmm. But honestly, if you want to learn about a movie, you have to watch it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, you, exactly. you can't go around and, and just read reviews of it all the time because you're going to get all the stuff where it says Lon Chaney Jr. was horrible. The lighting was awful. 
you know, and granted there is some of that stuff in the original copies that came out, but you have something that was put through with quality control. Yeah. And there's employees who sit there and go through it and look at everything and they check everything out, you know, and then people say a lot of times, I mean, I remember seeing this movie used to be played on cable all the time or, or creature feature would have Dracula versus Frankenstein in seventies. And it was so black. You couldn't even see the ending scene of anything, right? You couldn't yeah. even see it. I, I got this movie. I went home and I, I didn't even realize that's what was taking place in those fight scenes because of the lighting was so bad. I mean, it was inadequate at best, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, but because of technology and going through and treating everything, quality control in it, you can make a very good product. Yeah. You know, out of the, something that was even from the source material, if it was bad. So, and I try to give, like I said, all the special features on these things, a lot of love, because honestly, when I got, I went to school for filmmaking, but uh, um, it's always kind of been one of my dreams to help produce that stuff. So like I oh, like yeah. I like to make it to still be around. And, you know, one of my goals when I started podcasting was one day I want to do a to moderate a, a Blu-ray commentary. So like I, I, I want to keep supporting that stuff because I want companies to keep putting mm-hmm. that stuff out. Um, and yeah, some of the commentary, of uh, I, some people complain sometimes about commentary, you know, um, there are a lot of people who still will just watch the movie mm-hmm. and not watch any special features because they still don't want the whole uh, Wizard of Oz man behind the, the mm-hmm. curtain type thing. You know, they don't want to ruin the magic. Um, but then there's people who are like, I need to know everything about this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those know, people. <laughs> if I don't know more about this movie, uh, it, it's not it's not fair, right? Like we yeah. should know more about this. So um, Severn allows me to like, be friends with people who work on this movie. Like Xandor Vorkov plays Dracula. Who we talk constantly. We send each That's other awesome. like cards <laughs> yeah, on the holidays. Um, he came and did a Severn sleepover with us. He was in character. He had the ring on. He had the, the, the cape. He had the plastic fangs that he put in. And, and he addressed the crowd and did autographs. Um, he's got his own website now. XandorVorkov.com, I think it is. Uh, he sells t-shirts. He sells replica rings posters autographs i mean so this guy's 80 years old and still living uh man he does not look 80 yeah with the love that he did for dracula you know uh you know it's and it's and that's awesome and i i love when things like that happen when when people who are in these movies still have a good relationship with it like i I was trying to sell a screenplay once upon a time and I needed someone to look over my contract. So a friend of mine who used to write for Cartoon Network, he's like, hey, dude, call my lawyer. And I called his entertainment lawyer and I was talking to him and I was like, can I ask you a question? He's like, yeah. I was like, were you Shelly from Friday the 13th Part 3? He goes, I am. And I was like, awesome. what? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so like, shit awesome. like that happens and it's, yeah, it's absolutely. kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, that's very uh, cool. Yeah, right. so I mean, you mentioned it before, the, the Blood and Flesh uh documentary uh mm-hmm. that david gregory put together with al adams and uh, about al adamson's life and um then the box set that came out yeah I, uh, is that the, is that still available it was a very limited thing it was mm. uh done up between you know people a lot of people's different camps who had the rights to it and stuff um and then didn't Darn, want so to, i missed my chance on that one yeah i mean they go for an insane amount on ebay and stuff now too but um because uh, they, you know, they want to protect the interest of it. They don't want it to this still limit it, and then you have demand. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just like collecting cards or collecting comic mm-hmm. books. 
you know, yeah. or posters that are numbered or limited. You create a demand for it, limit it. Um, but the, you know, having the individual releases, uh, we had we did Carnival Magic, uh, which is seven kids. That was an yeah. I've heard I heard that one is probably one of his best movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, seven kids stuff, but uh, it's talking monkey in there stuff. It's pretty cool. You can't you can't go wrong with it. Lost yeah. that's in there is another movie that he did. Um, so Al Adamson is just he tried so so hard to make a buck, right? He had to work hard, right? Mm-hmm. He was doing the, he had a lot of stuff. He got a, a lot of strange people, um, but without his vision and stuff like that, we wouldn't have had uh, Dragon vs Frankenstein with. Lon Chaney Jr. and Forrest Ackerman, uh, the the Rust Hamlin's in it. Yeah, I know. So many people. <laughs> That's crazy, right? Yeah, and um, Angelo Rosito, right? The little guy yeah. he's in Freaks, right? With Todd Browning. Yeah, yeah like yeah. like you see these people all coming in there, and you're like, this is a who's who of like this movie could have been way more better than it than it was, but that's what's so lovable about it is that it was made and, and and it's still available to like enjoy. So I, I like, I mean, I don't know what you have, uh, what you have to say about it, but for me, I can't, I can't go wrong with this movie. It's wackadoodle. Like it, it, there is no, <laughs> I, no I, I will say there's uh monsters fighting each other. I love this movie. Uh, I'll introduce the movie proper here in a second. I just wanted to do a little bit more, uh, 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 uh quick severin business yeah no problem Um, for for anyone listening to the show who is in the milwaukee area i'm kind of excited about this one the coming up on february 17th the oriental theater showing cemetery man uh a move like i was i i went there to go see uh, a different movie and i saw the fucking severin logo pop up and i was like wait what's happening here (laughs) uh and it's cemetery man is a movie that you're not gonna have many opportunities to see on a big screen so i've actually never seen it uh, so I definitely need to make it down for that. Um, and then, um, yeah, whoever put there's... that together, they, they didn't contact me to come up there. Weirdly enough, it's on the website though, but yeah, I mean, they probably wouldn't. Yeah, I, I could, could probably, I, I, I don't know. I can, I could put you in contact with someone. <laughs> no, nah, man, that's, that's Valentine's week. I'm hanging with my lady. That's fair. Uh, but there's, military man is a good one to go to see though, man. Take a date for exactly. sure. Exactly. And if, you, if there's, there's a lot of stuff coming up, right. Uh, with, uh, uh, Severin, uh, will you be at the horror hound convention in March? Yeah. I'll yeah, be there. I'll be at horror hound convention. We're going to, we're going to Buffalo a couple weekends to, uh, do a screening out there of Kathy's curse and nightmare and a damaged brain, um, at the screening room in Buffalo. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll have. Yeah, Whorehound, March. Yeah, I think March. Yeah, 20th. and then there's the it's days that like that. So we'll have two tables that weekend in two cool. different places. I'll be, I'll be there. I'll just come bother you for a little bit. Oh yeah, come, Whorehound, you'll be at. Yeah, I'll be there. Oh I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the drive. Yeah, yeah, come and hang out. Definitely. Um, there's also um, days of the dead Chicago that's going on that yeah, weekend too. Up. So it's like a two conventions. So we'll have some representatives from Severn working at both. But I'll Perfect. be at the one Whorehound. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, so before I introduce the film proper, you had picked this movie because you wanted to talk about an upcoming release. What does Severn have and the pike that you can talk about? So in 72, Jess Franco did a Frankenstein Dracula movie. Um, those who are not familiar with Jess Franco, he made over, I think, close to 200 movies. And I could be mm-hmm. wrong. I don't know. 
Um, but this was one of them, right? And a lot of times people would say that about all his movies. Like, it's either you love him, you hate him, or you can appreciate him. You know, and Jess Franco, he did um, what Al Adamson tried to do. You know, yeah. but in an Italian way. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Dracula, Prisoner of Frankenstein, and I'll, and I'll admit, I have a, uh, I'm I'm looking at. It, I don't think I've ever act, like I'm familiar with Jess Franco. A lot of I don't both, think both I've seen that, both the movies that we're that talking about. You know, the Dracula's face. A lot of times they got confused for each other because they would have similar titles. You know, Dracula's face. Yeah, Dracula, Prisoner of Frankenstein. The covers would look similar. It was both of them kind of in fist fights and fisticuffs and things like that. So um, they would get mistaken for each other, but they're completely different movies. Yeah. And like, I don't think I've actually ever seen a Jess Franco movie. Uh, uh, yeah. Like him. Vampires Lesbos is yep. real famous. Bloody Moon. Venus uh, and one. Yeah. Um, um, so I'll definitely be picking up that release just because you need to start somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's a huge, trippy adventure to go on some Jess Franco movies. Like, the world needs to watch more Franco movies. I think I, I mean, actually have some. They're stylized, they're goofy, they're funny. I mean, yeah. They're... I think I actually have some of his later films on VHS that I got in a random box. I'm always looking for a recommendation. Um, but. Yeah, we're, we have a, an Oscar, Oscar bait podcast um and i have been trying to get a franco mania tour established okay. um we've had a few showings so far they went down to kansas city um they show bloody moon down there uh band the sadist which is a documentary from david gregory um we were up at x-ray arcade we showed faceless uh mm -hmm. we've been uh, like midnight showing in the back room of a bar <laughs> to show <laughs> uh to show mansion of the living dead um, we did a Vampire's Lesbos was sold out uh, at That's the Music awesome. Box Theater in Chicago. Um, so, you know, definitely if you if you can get anything and you want to come to a, a theater in Wisconsin or something, you know, definitely come up there. I definitely uh, I, I have some connections to uh, so our, our our local film school, UWM. They yeah, yeah. have a screen. They have a theater. I can uh, see. I, I can put you in contact with someone, see what we can do. Awesome. Yeah. That'd All be right. Cool. So without further ado, I want to introduce uh, the film we'll actually be talking about. Uh, so I wrote a little wrote a little blurb here. So it's just going to be talking for a little bit. So on today's episode of the Shameless Picture Show, uh, we're going to be tackling a movie handpicked, handpicked by Matt that has been sitting on my shameless since I first learned who Al Addison was back in 2017 when I saw Nurse Sherry, Dracula versus Frankenstein. Judith Fontaine, a talented showgirl, is looking for her lost sister, Joni, who disappeared after getting close to a hippie community in California. One of the hippies, Mike, has offered to help her with her investigation, which takes them to a nearby boardwalk amusement park and its creature emporium run by Dr. Dorea. Dorea, who we find out is a descendant of Frankenstein's family, uh, is experimenting on victims who enter into his house of horrors. Oh, and on top of that, Dracula shows up with the intent of making Dr. Dorea create a serum to make him impervious to sunlight. Dracula vs. Frankenstein is, as Severin describes, Al Adamson's ultimate schlock horror epic that manages to bring together hippies, bikers, carnies, mad doctors, axe murders, acid trips, Oscar nominees J. Carol Nash and Russ Tamblin, freak star Angelo Rossiti, Famous Monsters editor Forrest J. Ackerman and Lon Chaney in his final role. 
Draco versus Frankenstein was written by William Pugsley and Samuel M. Sherman with cinematography by Gary Graver and Paul Glickman. And it also features the final score by uh, Looney Tunes composer William Lava. The film stars Jay Carroll Nash, Lon Chaney Jr., Xandor Vorkov, Anthony Isley, Regina Carroll, Jim Davis, and Russ Tamblin as Rico from 1971, directed by Al Adamson. This is Dracula versus Frankenstein. They live by night. They hide in the dark and rise from the shadows. They can never feel the warmth of living human blood in their veins. Their bodies are cold and dead. Dracula versus Frankenstein. who serves the dead, a dead man who controls the doctor and a living creature horribly created from the mangled corpses of their victims. Dracula versus Frankenstein. His blood is cold, but his mind is keen. He cannot die, for he is already dead. His name is Dracula. Another lives, but his body belongs to the dead. The two will join forces, but only one will survive. Dracula versus Frankenstein. cemetery is a cold, lifeless place to visit at night, unless you're already dead, and your name is Dracula. Together, in one film, they meet in a fight of fright. The kings of horror battle to the death. Dracula versus Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, you covered it, man. <laughs> well, you made it, you made it, Severn made it a little easy by putting some of that on the back of the you box. You covered it, but, man. Uh, I always try to like write my own descriptions for these, just a little more fun. I also try to add some historical context and... I'm yeah. a cinema nerd when it comes down to it. And I'm I'm a firm believer that anyone who's going to spend their life talking about movies should know the history to some extent. Absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. You definitely did. Uh, <laughs> definitely did that. If you watched all the special features and you watched the doc- Have you seen the documentary? I, I did watch the documentary. Okay. And I had right. uh, I had been. Um, it's one of those things that like, I knew I'd wanted to watch that documentary. And for whatever reason, I kept putting it off probably because I felt like. Uh, I hadn't seen enough of Al Adamson's films mm-hmm. to really get the most out of it. But I sometimes forget that's the benefit of these documentaries. Yeah. Is, you is keep your little list next to you and you yeah, write some stuff it's down. A, you it's put a, a notepad in your phone. Way, Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great way just to to delve into their career and get a nice overview. So, yeah, yeah. It's for for this, I watched 
um, David Gregory's documentary. I watched, uh, obviously, the film. I watched the special features, which kind of felt like it was uh, footage that were probably wasn't used in the documentary. Right. Uh, not, a, not a bad thing. I also love, I absolutely love, that there was a visual essay on here. I I like I love uh, video essays for film, and I'm, they're becoming progressively more popular. So um, that I love. Yeah, it's like keep horror smart, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, for sure. Keep and as, smart. As, as someone who teaches, you know, language arts, I'm sure yeah. that type of stuff really appeals to yeah. you because I I feel like, and I don't, you know, I don't want to sound like, um, you know. Uh, old man virus complaining about the youth, but I feel like there's a lot of pop culture literacy that's going out the window. Uh, and, and something like this video essay is great. At, like people are going to watch Dracula versus Frankenstein on very surface levels. And there's a lot to enjoy on that surface level. Oh well, yeah. Absolutely. You know, a silent yeah. Lon Chaney. There's, you know, um, um, uh, Jay Carroll Nash trying not to lose his fucking teeth throughout the movie. There's bikers. There's there's a musical number that's actually pretty well done. Um, oh, yeah. There's a lot going on, but then to have you know a uh, a film scholar pretty much break down about what's going on beneath the surface. That's just like to treat a movie like Dracula versus Frankenstein like it's a Criterion title. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the best. Why not? Re- I mean, it was made. Yeah, there was uh, blood, sweat, and tears put into it. Yeah, uh, you know, you you, you had uh, uh, the cover of Famous Monsters of Filmland, right? Wow. Yeah, you. I, what was it? Number eighty nine. Mm-hmm. Sandra Borkov is on the the cover of Famous Monsters of Filmland. Forrest Ackerman puts out a huge thing for it. Like this movie should have killed, should have destroyed. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it it was either in the release of it. Mm-hmm the execution of it or maybe it was just too much right so maybe it just didn't go through as popular as it should have been and it was lost into uh a cult kind of status where you get to see it on on cable or or a drive-in will show it eventually or or you'll get a chance to maybe get a dub copy or hey look i I was in the dollar bin it's on this collection right Mm -hmm. but it's a 10th generation copy so it looks horrible yeah. You know, you oh, I've got some of those. Yeah. <laughs> you can't make out anything, right? Yeah. Um, so to hear people appreciate it, right, and all the mm-hmm. work that goes into it is still a nod to Al Adamson, right? Yeah. So we, we, we want to do the, these movies right. You know, we laugh and joke sometimes about, you know, the quality of them or, or the backstories, you know, or, or things like that. But we're passionate about this stuff. Like, we want it to be. A, entertainment for people you know and and then have that part of their collection enjoy it and be part of their collection yeah Um, and i'm a firm believer that i don't know i i feel like the older i get even though i spend my life doing critical analysis of films i feel like i've become less like you don't hurt yourself man yeah i (laughs) don't don't hurt yourself too much i've become less pretentious about a lot of things where half of the time if i'm just sitting like if there is one good scene it wasn't a waste of my time uh, yeah, no. like I, I hate when I see online people yeah. like, oh, that's two hours of my life. I'll never get back. It's like, I was going to waste those two hours anyways. Yeah. Might as well you waste know, it. There's a lot more hours that people put into making that movie. Exactly. And maybe it wasn't for your entertainment, but it was for their entertainment. It was for their ideas, their creativity. You know, And then I think people who are creative need to learn to appreciate that about other people, you know, yeah. and not be so like judgmental or critical when it comes to stuff like that. 
Um, I feel like I'm. Ta- I feel like you're talking to me like I'm one of your students right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm gonna tell them how to analyze the literature that they're supposed to read. Instead, they just sit there and look at me like, "What, dude? We gotta do work? <laughs> what?" So yeah, no. So I was. That's the power of literature, though, right? I mean, like yeah. that's the power. Of, uh, a screenplay is literature. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, the the literature in it and making it come alive. Yeah, you can interpret it, right? So if you're entertained by it in one way and somebody else is not entertained, it, you can talk about that, right? And connect mm-hmm. about stuff like that. Um, yeah. So like, like I, I used to, I, when I see Dragon vs. Frankenstein, I see a monster movie. I love monster movies. So do I. Right? I love the history behind the monster movie, right? There's a guy from Freaks in it. That Todd Browning's like Freaks classic. I, I remember seeing that for the first time or renting that. Uh, I, Lon Chaney Jr., right? Even Graydon Clark makes an appearance in that movie. Yeah. Clark directed, like Satan's Cheerleaders and like The Uninvited, The Offspring, you know, like the movies like that. So um, seeing that stuff, and then you just kind of geek out and nerd out about it. That's to me, that's what that's why I would pick this movie to talk about it, you know? Yeah. Like and, that, all, and all those that movie elements. Does this for people. It just comes, it, just, it, 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 it all comes together in a really interesting way. And it's like, because. Don't get me wrong. And there's I have, blood in it. And there's blood too. I mean, like, yeah. it's, <laughs> I've seen some truly bad movies that I absolutely love. Like, for example, uh, Ted V. Michaels. I love The Corpse Grinders. It is not a very well movie, but I love it. This movie is kind of interesting. And I say this with love because I really did enjoy this movie. It's, Corpse Grinders is the scene where the body yeah. parts are coming out and it looks just like yeah. cat food. Yes. Coming yeah. Out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Corpse Grinders. Oh, man. Uh, this movie is not. It's not a bad movie in any way, shape, or form. It's just not a good movie. It kind of lives in this real in between because there's so many ideas firing off at all at all times. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost three movies put together, and oh, yeah. the fact that yeah, it came together is yeah. There's a lot of different stories going on. Yeah, I can see. Like that. I think I saw I saw in in uh, David Gregory's documentary that the whole idea of eat of even adding frankenstein's monster and and dracula came way into production i don't even think they still had J. carol nash or lon cheney jr at that point so they were like just kind of shooting inserts and editing into the film and if uh and it just kind of goes to show you how talented the editing team was on this film and like this movie was shot by gary graver he's a big name like cinematographer like it Mm -hmm. like they the thing I say about this movie, this movie, for anything that has wrong with it, it's just because they ran or started running out of money. Like Gary Graver shot this the best he could for the money and the supplies that he had. Mm-hmm. And like, if you look at the um, the editing team, like I was talking about how how solid the editing team was on this film. I had the credits pulled up, and uh, one of the like they had two editors, that Erwin Cadden and John Winfield, and they both like John Winfield edited Born Losers. Mm-hmm the yeah. billy jack movie so like, yeah. It's, yeah it's got talent behind it uh so when did you first see this movie uh if i know that remember. i yeah so we had a, a video store we were lucky to have in the small town area here uh, outside of chicago in the suburbs mom and pop store so um randall video was mm-hmm. uh, on a, a video store um and they had uh like rambo as in john rambo no randall oh randall randall yeah the first one was on randall road okay that makes way Um, more sense um, yeah rambo would be awesome let's make a video (laughs) story right now called rambo kick ass um i'm into it 
<laughs> yeah, they, they had a, they had a fantastic horror section, and I was dating the daughter of the manager. So I would just say, I'd go through Fangoria, and I would find stuff that was in all these little magazines and zines, and I would say, these are movies that I need to see. So that he'd he'd order them. You know, it'd be like, it'd be like, Matt, I'm paying 89 or she would say I'm paying 89 95 for this movie. Like we got to rent it at least 90 times to make that money back. And I'll say, Oh, it'll be all right. It'll be okay. Uh, Dracula versus Frankenstein was one of them that I had them order. And the copy that came was a, a cheap good times video that came oh, out. Good times. Yeah. Good time. I mean, it was like the paper like you would pull it out of the sleeve and it felt like it was oh. actually just going to fall apart it was so thin. oh i have some of those good time releases sp super sp so it was like all condensed i mean it was it was it was bad but like almost the tape itself was almost as light as paper yeah. because of how yeah. how cheap it was <laughs> that's got to be like 1994 i think yeah. i was 16 um but yeah i was dating allison and her mom was the manager of the, the video store yeah, so it's like dude, it was it was awesome, but we saw so much garbage. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. So it was. Uh, I remember the Black Devil doll from Hell. <laughs> so she, she, I think she paid like seventy nine ninety five for it, and I think we were the only ones who rented it, and we paid you know a dollar for one day. <laughs> oh man! But like when that video store closed, I was able to get some of those old VHS. You know, the ones that I actually mm -hmm. rented when I was younger. So you know, I've got like Wizard of Gore and some Herschel Gordon Lewis stuff that you know, big box, midnight boxes and stuff. Um, but I'm not much of a VHS collector anymore, but that was definitely um, the start of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when they went and would sell previously viewed tapes and you're able to get it and things like that was, you had your own collection, right? <laughs> you can make, you can put them on shelves and look at them um, and things like that. And we used to always look at the, the, cover art of it because the cover art was fantastic mm -hmm. i mean whoever did that stuff i mean it's just like cartoony it looks fun and then you, and you see the movie and then the quality of that was the movie was like well dude at the end there i think frankenstein with his mashed potato looking face was <laughs> was getting destroyed by mask was uh, rough. Dracula, by, by dracula like i think that's what's happening this is arm i don't know like he, he's got the ring who's got there i think i can see it um so that was my first introduction to it and then of course when you know working for Severn and talking about like hey let's put together an Al Adamson collection that looks like an Alfred Hitchcock collection that people would have on their shelves you know and take it down and have packed with movies 20 something movies you know all this extra stuff uh and then that came through again and him interviewing all the people and talking to all the people and getting together in Los Angeles and hanging out together and stuff like that then I revisited again and was like oh wow yeah that's right this is it you know, this is that movie that I saw in 1994 ish, you know. Yeah. And and I love that companies like Seferin or Arrow or any of them are doing these box sets like I have, um, you know, I have a Herschel Gordon Lewis collection and I have like a William Girdler collection, things that I never thought mm -hmm. would be not only even put together, but put together in a way that's very watchable. It looks really good. It sounds good. Mm -hmm. Um so for as I mentioned in, in my intro, like I first became aware of Al Adamson when I uh, got the, uh, the the vinegar syndrome release for Nurse Sherry. Hmm. So that was my yeah. first Al Adamson movie. And it was 
uh, I'm I'm a big fan of like regional cinema, just small little grassroots movies like mm. that. You watch it. It feels like a love letter to whatever city they're shooting in. And I think Nurse Sherry was shot. At least the exteriors were shot, I believe, in Chicago. Um, and I just remember getting really excited by by that because I'm familiar enough with Chicago. I kind of kind of recognize some of the locations. And as I was watching some of the special features on there, they kind of like tiptoed around the eventual fate of Al Atkinson. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of took me down a rabbit hole in itself because it's, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that a, for all intents and purposes, very low budget under the radar filmmaker mm-hmm. was being talked about on like mm-hmm. 60 minutes and all these yeah. big productions yeah. is yeah. wild. And when you watch anyone yeah. out there, watch the uh um his life and the end of his life is just as weird as some of his movies you know so it's it's bizarre and like it's bizarre the conspiracies and like who knew about it um and things like that and it's just very very odd which like a lot of his movies are very very odd you know honestly they could have made a documentary just about that right absolutely yeah. Uh, because I found myself wanting more, not like in a Absolutely. like uh, depraved the vision, way. Just, there's so the, much the vision, I wanted to find about it. Yeah, the vision of it is like it, it feels in there during the documentary that you're you're, you're with a bunch of uh, old timers having coffee at a restaurant, right? Yeah. And you're, remin- you're reminiscing about the you know the the days and and talking about stuff, and it gives life to like uh, an issue that was kind of dark you know like that, that's that was her friend al Amson was her friend you know they lost their friend they, they did a lot of stuff with it. It, it, it the mystery behind it is strange you know there wasn't a lot of investigation on it you know so and then it's it's you, you can go down a, a rabbit hole of there's there's cons- there's conspiracy theories about it like people thinking that the handyman didn't do it. It's like I don't right. know. I think the guy yeah. who's try who's look doing his best to look like Al Adamson probably fucking did yeah. it. But then there's still people out there who think it has something to do with aliens because he was making right. a documentary. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's just really interesting. It is um, bizarre. It is bizarre. And, I, and I think that adds to his um, persona you know the the love that people have for artists and mm-hmm. and you know things like that is that they like to know about their life you know and if their life was strange or if it was just as weird as and the fact that he made a lot of movies through a lot of different genres yeah he you did. know and he his genre spanned all the way from family movies to black exploitation black samurai mm-hmm. you know to uh straight up horror movies i think there's uh, some westerns in there too before, you know which all the things are almost exactly the same as uh, the movies that came before using bits and pieces of it satan sadis i mean biker <laughs> movies um so he did a lot um and spanned his genre for sure spanned all all genres for sure yeah and it's it's it was a very interesting feeling going from um, David Gregory's documentary, then to watching the movie because did here you watch I am Dracula versus Frankenstein right after the documentary. Pretty much, you... yeah, like maybe a day oh, yeah. afterwards. So I let that kind of soak in a little bit, and then you I watched... watch the female bunch, the one that was on the blood and uh, blood and flesh documentary. Oh, I I I I I rented Blood and uh, okay. I rented it off like Apple TV so I could watch it. I don't, oh, okay. have, the, I don't have the disc for it yet. Um, <laughs> well, Michael. <laughs> well, I'll be picking it up sometime soon because I'm gonna want to rewatch that. Uh, yeah. Plus, I, ma- well, that's I imagine got the female bunch on it. So if you're gonna get into more Al Adamson movies, you're gonna have to definitely. And I imagine there's like like I love 
watching all the like extended interviews that were cut out. Uh, so and I'm sure there's uh, I'm sure there's yeah. some of that because I've watched quite a few of David Gregory's documentaries at this point. But it was interesting to go from the documentary then to the movie. And after seeing all these people, like you said, just feel like a bunch of old timers sitting around having coffee with mm-hmm. each other, reminiscing. Yeah. Then to see them in the movie together. Uh, yeah. I love when filmmakers kind of have their their ensemble of people they keep pulling back mm-hmm. from because it just feels absolutely. like friends hanging out making a movie yeah, and then the couple times that al adamson did have a cameo in the movie and it wasn't yeah. even like a cameo like winking at the camera like alfred hitchcock it's like they just <laughs> needed someone to sit there and he was available <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he was an extra in his own film like literally an extra it was not yeah yeah it's not like alfred hitchcock you know yeah. you can see them in there you know he's in there I loved it. And I also love, so I, I kind of got frustrated out today when I was at work, I was reading through people's uh, reviews of this movie oh, and, yeah, and some that. of them make, you know, valid points, you know, about production <laughs> value, whatever. But like when people were like shitting on uh J Carol Nash, like he's actually really yeah. good in this movie, even though you can see him reading the cue cards as he's, as he's acting, yeah. he's still, better quote-unquote phoning it in than some actors are giving their best oh, yeah. performance yeah absolutely and absolutely. like lon cheney jr i mean like xandor vorkoff got dubbed the worst dracula of all time oh i've seen oh, worse. yeah i was like eh. he's like the only living dracula right now that matters him and gary oldman so um yeah, you're right. Because uh, we just Chris lost, Reed, Rut- Ru- we just lost, yeah. we just lost Rutger Hauer as well. Yeah. So that's a good yeah, point. That's true. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't think he's gonna outlive Gary Oldman, but if he does, he should definitely have put on his website the that's only right. living Dracula that matters. On the only living website. Dracula that matters. That's right. Put that's that on his true. website. Gary Oldman. I mean, he's he's yeah, you know, he's enough, done some stuff. Enough, he's fair enough. Yeah, not Xander Varkov. I don't so, get Christmas. I don't get Christmas cards from Gary Oldman. I get Christmas cards from Xander Horkoff. So that's just surreal. That's way better. That's way better. <laughs> it's way like, better. like I'm 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 texting buddies of Lloyd Kaufman, and every time he sends me a birthday message, like what's what is my life? Why is yeah. Lloyd Kaufman texting me? <laughs> that's right. I get a little nice little messages. Oh, that's cool for sure. So, like I said, uh, with, with Dracula versus Frankenstein, is not really a movie that you can do a good deep critical analysis of. Well, you can. Um, I'm just enjoying just sitting around talking with you about it. What are some of the things that you enjoyed about the movie? Like that you when you first saw things that you gravitated towards, and then things that you just you still find yourself enjoying. Uh, big fan of Universal Monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, just big fan. I loved Universal Monsters since I was a kid. Um, Watching old Dracula with my dad. Um, watching Wolfman. I'm trying to think some of my, and he would tell stories about when he was younger. He was a kid in the fifties, going down to you know pay a dime to go see these movies, you know, watching them and stuff like that. So um, the formative years definitely got into monsters. So what I love about this is is two of the like best monsters yeah. going at it right and. If it goes against your expectation versus reality, oh well, yeah. right? Oh well, I, you still have Frankenstein versus Dracula. Yeah, and, the and end you of also the day. have trippy story involving LSD. You mm-hmm. have some trippy stories like all of a sudden here's here's the the guy from Freaks running around, right? And where where was he before? And now he's here. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. or like Russ um, Tamblyn just 
Yeah, Ross Taylor. out. And just look like a hippie. Like, I mean, he wore the gargantuas, like West Side Story. Like, oh, now he's here. <laughs> like, and then, like, it's it's interesting. You watch Russ Tamblin in Al Adamson's movies and then watch Russ Tamblin in Twin Peaks. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. He's just channeling what he was yeah. doing on Al Adamson pictures. It, yeah. It's like, if anything, you watch Twin Peaks, it feels like the it feels like a big budget Al Adamson production. Right. <laughs> that's a good, that's a... Oh, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't think of it that way, but that is, yeah. It's a, they're um, mind fucks, right? Yeah. Like a lot of David Lynch stuff, same way, you know. Like uh, Beyond Twin Peaks, even like his movies, same kind of way, you know. I remember there was magazines uh, for Twin Peaks uh, wrapped in plastic, mm-hmm. of all just like literary critiques of what's going on and what this means and what that means, and we could do that with Al Adamson. Would yeah. you want to? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, because then you get into his life, and then is it mimicking his life, or is it is it art, artist, art, art sake, things like that, right? And you start talking about other stuff that's almost too pretentious for an Al Adamson movie. Yeah, you I, know? Feel, I feel like if Al Adamson would read some of those, per- I feel like Al Adamson, if he would, if he would watch the vi- video essay on this disc, he would just scoff at it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and the reason I. So as a filmmaker myself, I there's a lot that I look at with these low budget guys and I can I can still learn from like, you know, when you when you're 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 working your ass off to get a shot right. And I'm just sometimes you just got to be like, you know, sometimes you just it's you got to leave well enough alone and just move the fuck on. Right. Uh, right. You know, I think I think you can afford more than one take occasionally, but you know, sometimes you just got to take the Al, Al Adamson approach. Be like, I don't think it's going to get any better. Just move on and let's let's get something else. And it's yeah, I, I enjoy that. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoy that filmmaking. Um, we like to make many movies back in the day with camcorders and stuff like that, and gorilla suits and mm-hmm. like blood things like that um there's something fun when like you kind of hang out with your friends and you do stuff and you're you're creative and you 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 come up with some stuff so definitely rubber suit monsters have definitely have a place in horror for sure Mm -hmm. you know um but then separate we we sell real nice italian movies that you know are are stylized and fantastic you know so we we definitely have a whole bunch of uh, different Different, yeah. I mean, different genre crossing stuff. Severed put out overboard. Like you guys will put out anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> overboard. Hey, that's scary. If you think about that plot, that plot is very scary. That's that's horrific. Uh, you're kept against your will under the pretense that you're somebody else. Yeah. Like that's. Like I don't see it. Like. But it's done. That in would a be way. way so, movie yeah. would be way less charming if it wasn't Kurt Russell. <laughs> Yeah, it was Kurt Russell like Goldie Hawn, yeah, for sure. You put yeah. you you put Lon Chaney Jr. in in the Kurt Russell role. It's a completely different fucking movie. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> which what's with Lon Chaney in this movie? Like, yes, uh, yeah. I uh, like, oh, I don't talk see, anymore. Don't talk. Yeah, I want to see the Al Abson yeah. version of Overboard. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be great. That would be great. Just do just do an Al Abson remake of Overboard. Um, yeah, that yeah. would. <laughs> No, I I honestly loved this movie. Overboard, man. Oh man. I honestly loved this movie and I do uh I was just checking. I do believe this is still available on the Severn website. So like, yeah. what I'm going to say is like 
my show, we we don't just exclusively do horror. We do anything, uh, pretty much whatever I'm feeling. Like uh, I'm going to be doing uh, the Ballad of Little Joe coming up, a movie that oh, was nominated cool. for a bunch of uh, um, Independent Spirit Awards back in the 90s. Uh, yeah. Just a killer clown from outer space. I'm going to be doing some right. uh, a Susan Seidelman film. Like pretty much whatever I'm feeling is what we talk about. Uh, but I love when I get opportunities to check out stuff like this and I'm like, I don't have the biggest reach, but I'm just hoping that if anything, people go to the Severn website and take a fucking yeah, chance do. Yeah. on Dracula versus Frankenstein, especially because it comes with brain of blood as well. You get two out Adamson films for the yeah, price. Xander Workoff is also in brain of blood. So you get two out Adamson movies and, and a just, nice slip cover and all that. Yeah. And this is like, the, I have it here with me that the slip cover itself is just really nice quality. I, this is a personal goofy thing that I love. I love. Did you guys use the black cases? Yeah, yeah. I still have a lot of uh, the blue cases. We had blue when we first started out, but um, yeah. And then we we sell replacement discs because some people are you know we're collectors, so we're OCD about our stuff and mm-hmm. can't have blue mixed with uh, the black. So yeah, the, the black ones are awesome. And then you got. Trumpets. But now we have a lot of 4K. Right, so mm-hmm. we have to make sure they're labeled with 4K and, and UHD stuff. So, um, yeah, which is it's not a problem to have, I and mean, it's not a bad problem. But yeah, first world problems. Yeah. Oh, jeez, limited covers and different things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's that. That would be my thing. Is uh, just tell people if if you if you have uh, the means, go to the Severn website or or, or go visit Matt at an event somewhere. And pick up Dracula vs. Frankenstein as long, along with some other stuff as well. Um, yeah. The website and- has an events list too. So if they mm-hmm. go to Severn Films, there's an events section, which has a calendar of all our events. And all those events will more than likely have a, have a table with the items you can buy and you can talk with the person selling them. Definitely. And like I said, I just I want people to... To just give new things a chance. That, that was the whole reason I started this show is one to just kind of sit down with cool people and talk about movies that we're passionate about, but then to give new things a try. And um, so I can honestly say you're not going to have more like get a couple buddies over, you know, open some beers if you drink or do whatever <laughs> and just put the movie on. Have a good time with it. Yeah. Or if you get a chance to go see it in a drive in theater. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, but th- yeah, definitely give it a try. You know, give it a try. Dracula Springs, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I mean, <laughs> it, it wouldn't be like, oh man, that's crap. I spent my money on that. You know, there's worse. There's worse things. So, yeah, there's definitely worse movies you could be spending your money on. Uh, so before we wrap up here for for the night, was there anything else you wanted to talk about when it comes to Dracula versus Frankenstein? Uh, no, if you're into monster movies and, you know, into B-rate movies uh, that have stories and stuff, definitely check out Dracula vs. Frankenstein. Um, if not, check out the website for sure and see what's available. Um, check all the different types of uh, types of movies that we have to offer. Um, as mentioned, some of David Gregory's um, documentaries yep, available. I'll, I'll, be, pick, I'll, be, I'll be buying the, the, uh, the Al Adamson one here probably shortly. Yeah, if, and if you're interested in anything like filmmaking where it goes wrong, there's uh, Richard Stanley's you know, Island of Dr. Moreau fiasco. Oh, that's a, that's a great documentary. Yeah, and there's stuff on uh, anthology horror that he's done, um, and all the special features and stuff are usually produced and directed by him. So um, and- let me check that out, too. Or, you know, if you're into folk horror, we have a great 
great box set and folk horror. Yeah, uh, that's actually one that I, I I want to pick up as well. And then like ultimately, when it comes down to it as well, like I'm an I'm I'm an AV nerd when it comes when uh, at the end of the day, and I can honestly say like I I've seen screen rips of what this movie looked like on VHS, mm-hmm. and it's stunning what Severin yeah. was able to do with this. Yeah. Like I mean, not- yeah, you can go to YouTube and you could watch it, but why would you want to? You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's gonna be third or fourth generation. It's gonna be you know nasty. Yeah, you like you can't, you can't hold YouTube in your hand. Exactly. And <laughs> like when it comes down to it, like I, I love the look of this film. It's got a very noticeable film grain to it. So I appreciate that Severin's not, you know, scrubbing that stuff out like some other companies do. It's in my all time favorite aspect ratio of one point six six to one. Uh, it's it's got uh, uh, the black levels are really nice, but there's no black crush to it. It's got a yeah. really nice sounding uh, DTS HD master mono soundtrack to it. Um, and all like, I also just love films made at this time. Um, like the, the film stock that Gary Graver shot this movie on the deluxe color film stock, it just has a very particular look, mm-hmm. uh, because del- yep. deluxe film stocks were cheaper film stocks. So yeah. a lot of these productions were using them, uh, and the way that it reproduces color is yeah. just stunning. Yeah, absolutely. I, you hit it right on the head, man. That's the early 70s. Uh, cheaper film, make it quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have a huge studio to, you know, do Technicolor for and Universal type stuff is not, you know, backing like, you up. This, this, that yeah, that ending stuff. sequence alone is testament to pick this up because the fact that it is not just pure black, like they, <laughs> yeah, you can actually if see you ever this... compare that with, so, yeah, with an earlier copy. Oh, I, I went and checked it out on YouTube and it's, it's unwatchable. Yeah. Yeah, you, you hear some grunts and noises, but yeah. Yeah, so sure. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, all right, Matt, before I let you go, anything else with Severin that you want to tell people about? Any of any uh, anything any uh, I know you told you said mentioned the Jess Franco set that's coming out. Anything on the horizon for releases that you're excited about? I am very, very excited um, for the Bruce Lie type stuff, the clones of Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a whole different genre that doesn't get enough uh, love. Comes there's to a movie. There's a yes. great documentary. <laughs> Bruce Lee exploitation stuff. Yeah. There's a great documentary so, on the Criterion Bruce Lee collection about that. Yeah. So David's working on uh, the clones of Bruce Lee stuff right now. That's going to be coming out and we'll hopefully have a lot of Kung Fu titles coming. So um, I'm excited about that. Um, so I can karate chop there every time I sell one. I think I'll be pretty badass. Um, maybe kick. <laughs> um, no, man, I'm just excited that I get a chance to do this and, and share my obsessions with people. So just check out the website, um, severinfilms.com. There's a whole event section. Most of the stuff in the Midwest or even further I'll be at. So come say hi, hang out, talk movies. Perfect. And uh, once again, Matt, I really appreciate you coming on the show. So this is this was a lot of fun for me. I don't really get a chance to talk with people who are involved with these labels as much as I would like to. And I think it's a really interesting side of the business. And like I said, companies like Severin, Arrow, Vinegar Syndrome, Screen Factor, whoever, they're all helping preserve the history of film. Yeah. Because you're not just putting stuff out on disc. You're cleaning it up in a way. Yeah, that's a good way. That's a good way to look at it, too. You know, it's preservation. Mm -hmm. Um, It's keeping something uh, tangible, you know, having that uh, feel of it. 
um, for sure. So you hit it right on the head when you talk like that. So perfect. Thank well, thank you very much for hanging out with me tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me, Michael. Of fun. course, this was fun. The Shameless Picture Show is recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Easton, Maryland, and is hosted and produced by Nick Richards and Michael Viers. Today's episode was edited by Michael Viers. Our opening theme music was written especially for us by The Directionals, with narration by Zach McLean. The end credit music you're enjoying at the moment was generously provided by my friends in the band 10 Speed. The Shameless graphic design is masterfully done by Amanda Viers. An extra special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters and to our generous sponsors. We are on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play, and Libsyn. You can find links for all these amazing people in the description below.